I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. been significant advances in the treatment of the rare neuromuscular condition, spinal muscular atrophy, existing therapies that slow or halt progression of it don't regenerate muscle that's been lost. Biohaven is developing a therapy designed to inhibit myostatin, a protein that regulates the growth of skeletal muscle. We spoke to Lindsay Lee Lair, Biohaven's Vice President of Clinical Development, about SMA the progress we've seen in treating the condition, and the company's efforts to develop a therapy to stimulate the growth of muscle mass and strength in people with the disease. Lindsay, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Danny. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. We're going to talk about spinal muscular atrophy Biohaven and its efforts to develop a muscle targeting therapy for people with the condition. Let's begin with SMA for listeners not familiar with it. What is it? So spinal muscular atrophy or SMA is a rare genetic neurodegenerative disorder. It affects the nerve cells in the spinal cord and brainstem, and it results from a mutation in a specific gene. It's called the survival motor neuron one gene or the SMN one gene. This leads to insufficient production of survival motor neuron protein, or SMN protein, which is essential for normal motor neuron function. Now, there's a second gene called the SMN2 gene that produces very low levels of SMN protein, but it's just not enough to compensate and produce the full amount. So this leads to motor neuron death and the atrophy or shrinkage of skeletal muscle or the voluntary muscles in the body. The more copies of SMN2 that somebody has, the more protein they make, and the milder their disease. But it still leads to progressive muscle weakness, difficulty speaking, walking, breathing, swallowing. So it's just a devastating condition. It's typically diagnosed in young children, and it's often fatal and always life-altering. Um, SMA, it does occur in about 1 in 10,000 births, and about 1 in 50 people are genetic carriers. How does the condition manifest itself and, and progress? So spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA, it affects the skeletal muscles, the voluntary muscles in the body. So it affects functioning across many parts of the body. There is progressive muscle weakness, spasticity. Contractures, which are basically joints frozen in, in place, so immovable. There can be bone fractures, hip dislocations, scoliosis, which is the curvature of the spine. There can be paralysis. And in the most severe cases, tragically, it can result in death. Um, it can affect infants, children, or adults of any race or gender. And the natural history of SMA is really variable. So natural history, meaning those who are untreated. Um, this is before the disease-modifying therapies were available. And historically, um, there were different types of SMA, again, based on those uh, SMN2 copy numbers and the functional capabilities and the age of onset. 
the most common type is type one, which is the most severe, and its onset is in infancy. infancy. And those infants, they never sit independently and may tragically die before their second birthday. Those living with SMA2 may be able to sit but not stand. Those with SMA3 may stand or may walk, but with difficulty and have, you know, decreased muscle tone, decreased muscle bulk. There's a milder form that presents in adulthood, which is SMA type 4. But many of those living with SMA are wheelchair reliant. SMA can affect respiratory muscles. So problems with breathing, problems with sleep, um, increased severity of severe chest infections, respiratory distress. And many times there's a need for respiratory support or help with breathing. SMA can also affect other organ systems like the gastrointestinal system or the GI system, can result in swallowing difficulties, um, often known as dysphagia. And there could be need for nutritional support or even just in general feeding support. So with the innovation of new therapies, the steroid classification is, is not quite as relevant because thankfully these people living with SMA were treated are achieving milestones they would not have otherwise achieved. So the field is moving away from the classical SMA type that we always hear about and focusing more on the function of the people living with SMA and what the capabilities are that they can achieve. You mentioned the, the new therapies for SMA. We, we have seen enormous innovation in this area. Uh, we've had the ASO Spinraza, the, the gene therapies, Olgensma, and, and the small molecule therapy of RISD all come to market. I think people may wonder why a company would pursue a treatment for SMA given the range of therapeutic options today. What are the limits of existing therapies and what's the problem Biohaven is seeking to address? That's a great question. You know, to be clear, there is no cure for spinal muscular atrophy. So the current therapies really have helped people living with SMA achieve milestones they would not otherwise achieve, right? They, but they're all aimed at increasing SMN protein production. They improve the motor neuron functioning, but they don't target the muscles themselves. So there's still a significant unmet need in this area. There's residual weakness, residual functional impairments, difficulty walking, and difficulty still achieving the activities of daily living, the ADLs, those are the fundamental skills required to independently care for oneself, such as eating, bathing, mobility. So the help of a parent or a other caregiver is often needed. The treatments that are aimed at increasing muscle strength and function would certainly be welcomed by the SMA patient community. Even modest gains in function, um, improving feeding capabilities, using a cell phone to communicate, these are things that can significantly improve someone's quality of life. In, in other words, if, if the existing therapies are able to halt the disease, it does nothing to reverse its progression? Well, right. It supports the motor neuron functioning, but there still can be, you know, atrophy of the muscles and still significant um, residual weakness, functional impairments. The 
muscle tissue in SMA largely remains intact. So that really allows for an opportunity to target the muscle with a potential muscle targeting therapy, which is a really exciting thing. I want to ask you about BioHeaven's therapy, but before we do that, I thought it might be useful to have you explain what myostatin is and the role it plays. So myostatin is a natural protein. Um, It's expressed by skeletal muscle, and it's a negative regulator of muscle growth. So it's actually really important for healthy muscle development. Blocking myostatin leads to enlargement of skeletal muscles, and this has been validated by human genetics and supported by non-clinical data across numerous species. So if you think of it, myostatin as, as like a brake that slows down this process, if we could take our foot off the brake with a therapy that could allow muscles to enlarge, that really opens up a potential therapeutic possibility. What happens, if anything, to myostatin in people with SMA? So again, the healthy muscle development is controlled in part by myostatin, which is that naturally occurring protein, the negative regulator of um, skeletal muscle growth. And in neuromuscular diseases, and in SMA in particular, myostatin can limit the muscle growth that's needed to achieve various developmental and functional milestones. So inhibiting or blocking that myostatin is really opening the potential to enhance muscle mass and strength uh, in these uh, people living with SMA. Biohaven's developing an experimental therapy that is a myostatin inhibitor. What exactly does it do? So Teldefcribep alpha, also known as Teldefcribep, it is an investigational muscle-targeted myostatin inhibitor. It blocks a receptor complex formation that actually reduces downstream signaling in order to inhibit myostatin. So again, the current available therapies really focus on SMN protein upregulation and rescue neuronal death, but they don't target the muscle. And as we were talking about before, in SMA patients, the muscle tissue largely remains intact. And in fact, um, in mouse models, an SMA mouse model, combination therapy with an SMN upregulating therapy in addition to a myostatin inhibitor has been shown to improve muscle function. So in, in the clinic, we're looking to study a combination therapy with Teldefcribep on top of an SMN upregulator or SMN upregulators and the potential to improve motor function and clinical measures. There's been a a fair bit of interest within the SMA community to explore regenerative therapies. What's the potential here for a regenerative therapy that can reverse the damage caused by the disease, and how important is that to the patient community? Yeah, so because the current therapies are really focusing on the motor neuron, Strategies that target the muscle are really needed. Um, again, the muscle tissue in SMA largely remains intact, so targeting that really can provide an opportunity on top of the standard of care disease-modifying therapies to really fill that significant unmet need that remains to address potential you know, residual function, functional impairments, and even helping uh, people complete the ADLs or the activities of daily living. So you know, even modest gains, again, could really help improve quality of life and be really welcomed by the SMA patient community. Your experimental therapy targets not only muscle, but also adipose tissue. What is the significance of that? Yes, that's right. So Teldefcribep 
is an investigational protein that has the potential to induce not only physical, but also metabolic changes, which is highly relevant to those that live with overweight and obesity. So obesity is a disease of excess and or abnormal deposits of adipose tissue, uh, also called body fat. And obesity is a global public health crisis. By 2030, which if you think about it is not that far off, about a billion people will live with obesity. About half of the adult population and about a quarter of the adolescent population in the United States will be affected. And the current anti-obesity therapies are really um, trying to target weight loss by the reduction of both fat mass and lean muscle mass. But Taldefrabat has a unique mechanism of action and provides a potential novel approach to reducing abnormal and excess body fat, which is the primary pathology of obesity. So is Biohaven looking at this as a potential therapy for obesity as well? We are looking at the potential of Tildefrabep um, in studying that in those with overweight and obesity. What's known about Tildefrabep from studies that have been done to date? So Tildefrabep has been studied in a number of non-clinical as well as clinical studies. Those in um, healthy volunteers, adults, and two studies in boys with Duchenne muscular dystrophy, or DMD, um, which is another neuromuscular disorder. In those studies, 359 participants have received Tadefkabab, 179 healthy adults uh, received Tadefkabab, and 180 boys with DMD. And from those studies, we were able to really understand a lot about uh, Tadefkabab. The ability to administer as a subcutaneous injection, which is an injection just underneath the skin, and that it can be given in clinic or at home, and that we saw a dose-dependent suppression of free serum myostatin and repeated dosing of up to 35 or 50 milligrams based on the body weight was generally safe and well-tolerated. And this was really important because all of these findings help us really understand the safety and tolerability profile and the dosage administration, which allowed us to bring uh, Tadefkabep into our phase three study in spinal muscular atrophy. In September, the company completed enrollment in a pivotal phase three study. How big a trial is this, and what are the endpoints you're using? So Biohaven, we are really excited to have completed enrollment in our resilient trial, which is a pivotal phase three clinical trial in SMA. We so named the trial because of the resilience, um, the perseverance, and never give up attitude of the patients and the community of SMA. And about 180 participants are planned to be randomized in nine countries. And we're studying the efficacy and safety of Tetafrobet as an adjunctive or combination therapy versus placebo for the potential to improve muscle volume and function in children and young adults living with SMA. Um, it's a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled phase three study, and there's a two-to-one randomization scheme, meaning that there's a 66% chance uh, that someone in the trial will receive Tadeprobep in the double-blind treatment phase. We talked uh, a lot about the treatments that are, not, that are now available, and there's also newborn screening, which has the potential to identify, diagnose those um, with SMA very early in life. And this is becoming more and more widespread, which is really exciting. 
because the early diagnosis enables an earlier treatment. And we're even seeing combinations of therapies in the field. So the field has just evolved tremendously over the last so many years. And as such, those living with SMA are achieving milestones they wouldn't otherwise achieved. And so there's really been this shift to focus on the functional status of the person with SMA as opposed to the classical SMA types. So given the high unmet need in this area, the changing treatment paradigms, we at Biden want to take a really patient-centric approach in this trial. We're really proud of that. Um, we enrolled a broad patient population. So resilient is not restricted or limited by ambulatory status or background therapy, SMN2 copy number, or classification. Um, we've enrolled children and adults 4 through 21 years of age with a confirmed genetic diagnosis of SMA. And we enrolled ambulance and non-ambulance uh, participants. So those are uh, people that can walk, but also that can't walk, but who are able to sit independently. So long as they were on a stable regimen of their SMN upregulating therapy and anticipated to remain on that therapy throughout the study. So that would include nusinersen, risdeplam, and or onazendogene of a parvex, so, and even allowed for combinations of those therapies, so long as the regimen was stable. And again, we're trying to take a very patient-centric approach with this trial, and tildefcrabep or placebo is given subcutaneously once weekly, and that's just under the skin. Doses can be um, rotated from the arm, the thigh, the abdomen, and can be given during the clinic visits or at home. After the baseline visit, the visits as a clinic are about every 12 weeks, and Tadefkabep is given in a weight-based fashion, meaning there's a dose of 35 milligrams or 50 milligrams based on weight. Uh, there's an optional open-label extension. After the double-blind treatment phase, that's 48 weeks, the optional open-label extension, all participants will receive Tadefkabep for 48 weeks. And we're looking at a primary endpoint to evaluate efficacy looked at by a scale to measure function. So our primary endpoint is the change in the 32-item motor function measure, or MFM32, total score between baseline and week 48. And Resilient will also assess the safety and tolerability of Tadefrabet Alpha. And if all goes well, when might Biohaven be in a position to file for uh, approval? So and we at Biohaven are really excited to recently just completed our enrollment, and we do have a 48-week primary endpoint. It's a bit too early to discuss the timing of regulatory approval, um, but we're really excited about uh, how the study is moving along so far. And we really wanted to take the opportunity to thank the entire SMA community, the patients, the parents, the families, the caregivers, the healthcare providers, the advocates, and the participants who are enrolled in our study and others helping to research potential treatments for SMA. A really big thank you. You alluded to DMD earlier. There are certainly many other neuromuscular conditions where treatments are emerging. What's the potential to apply the same therapeutic strategy to these other conditions, and what's Biohaving doing, if anything, to address that? So Biohaven is committed to scientific innovation in the treatment of disease, and our track record bears this out. In addition to SMA, we have studied in other diseases with a high unmet need. For instance, like 
like spinal cerebellar ataxia, among other debilitating diseases. And we will continue to follow the science as we investigate new potential treatments for patients. Is the expectation, though, that this drug could be applied to other neuromuscular conditions and potentially have the same benefit? Well, we're absolutely looking to see the results of our resilient trial, and we will continue to follow the science as we learn more about our investigational compound to potentially look into uh, treatments for patients. Lindsay Lee Lair, Biohaven Vice President of Clinical Development and Lead for the company's SMA program. Lindsay, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Danny, really, for this opportunity to be in Rarecast um, and the opportunity to discuss SMA and Biohaven's resilient phase three trial in SMA. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com. 